The Healthy Golf Podcast, Episode 29, with your host, Dr. Joe O. Welcome to the Healthy Golf Podcast, a podcast designed to help you transform your golf game and your life. Join your host, Dr. Joe O, as he chats with experts on all things golf performance to keep you feeling great and playing your best on and off the course. What's going on, everyone? It's your host, Joe O here. I hope everyone who is at least in the States had a great Thanksgiving this past week. And if you're not in the States, hopefully you celebrated something. And uh, I know the UK is just about to get back into being able to play some golf. So that's always exciting as well. Um, Again, this week is another solo episode with just myself. I wanted to come on and talk about something specific Also, it's been a little difficult for me to line up guests with holidays and everything along those lines, so it's been difficult for me to get those lined up, but we should have some more guests lined up coming into the month of December. But I wanted to go over something that everyone is really interested in at this time, which includes uh, clubhead speed, and I wanted to go over the continuum of speed and what contributes to your overall clubhead speed and what you can do to improve that and make that better as we're heading into the off-season. I'm sure everyone who is following the PGA Tour has been seeing that most of the players are really trying to up their clubhead speed. Um, Obviously, the the most well-known is clearly Bryson DeChambeau, but you've seen everyone else also going after that, including Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, everyone is trying to get their club head speed up so that they can just get more distance off of the tee and all the other shots as well. So with that being said, I wanted to go over the various aspects of swing speed and really let you figure out what you need to work on the most so that you have the, your best opportunity to improve your club head speed this offseason. So the first category that I would say that includes or is included in swing speed has to do with just technical efficiency of the golf swing itself. I'm not a professional in this area. This is going to be your uh, swing coach, your golf pro at your local club or at your local academy. Those are the people you're going to want to seek out to really help with figuring out what works best for you and your body type and your swing. Now, ideally, it would be great to work together with a team if you do have any sort of body limitations, but we'll get into those a little bit later. But you need to have an efficiency in the swing to generate the most club head speed. Titleist Performance Institute has done a lot of research as to what is the most efficient swing, and everyone has a different swing. And that includes Jim Furyk to John Daly to Rory McIlroy to Dustin Johnson to Ricky Fowler, right? Every single one of those guys has a, has a significantly different swing from each other. However, when TPI looks at how they generate force in an efficient manner, they find that when the golfer starts the downswing, especially the professional golfer, they start the downswing with their pelvis and their hips. And then from there, the force continues up into the trunk And then from there, the arms, and then into the hands, wrist, slash club. That seems to be the most efficient manner to swing the club. It doesn't really matter what it looks like, but the downswing 
should ideally be in that efficient swing manner so that you can generate the most force from the ground and transfer it efficiently from your legs all the way to the club head to the ball so that it can obviously launch into the air. Depending on your swing, you can definitely see this in just a slow-mo video. Um, Depending on what you have access to and or what your golf pro or anyone else on your golf team has access to, you may be able to see and get a little bit more in-depth information, especially if they have any sort of force plates or 3D motion capture, whether that's KVEST or some other sort of brand that does that. That may be really helpful in illuminating where you're missing, especially if it's really close and it's hard to tell those nuances on just a slow-mo video taken with you know, your cell phone or a tablet or something along those lines. I would say that would be the first area to really look into uh, to make sure that you can efficiently generate force and power in your swing uh, the correct way. Again, it doesn't necessarily matter what it looks like, but I having that idea and knowing that that's how an efficient transfer of force happens in the golf swing may be really helpful to, again, helping you swing as fast as you possibly can. The second category that really contributes to swing speed is if you have the correct equipment. Again, this is not my forte whatsoever, so I would definitely speak again with your club pro or a club fitter um, on this category, but you want to make sure that you have the correct clubs and shafts and correct club lengths, all those things for you and your swing. Probably the biggest thing in this category that you're really going to be looking at is shaft and length of the club. Um, it's very simple to buy, you know, standard clubs off the rack and just play with them. But if you are a smaller person or a taller person, they may not be the ideal size for you, and that could really affect your swing path and how you're swinging. Um, also, depending on your swing speed, you may not have an appropriate shaft. I'm sure that most you know, standard off the rack clubs come with a standard stiffness in the shaft. And if you're swinging really fast, you may need a more stiffer shaft to allow those speeds. So the club is not bending so much and has so much of that recoil as you're swinging. Again, this is not my forte and I would definitely reach out to a club fitter or a club pro who knows what they're talking about and can give you recommendations based on you and your swing. So the next category, which I would say this is where most people need to start off at, especially the amateur golfers, uh, this is mobility. And I've talked about this. We've had other uh, podcast guests come on and talk about this, but mobility is key in the golf swing. And there are four main areas in the golf swing that are really important when it comes to being able to swing efficiently and get the most out of your body that you possibly can. Because if you're lacking mobility in one of these areas, then you may be leaving club head speed on the table, which again, if we're trying to get as much club head speed as possible, this is a really typically for most people, a low hanging fruit for them to go after versus doing a lot of hard work somewhere else. Now, that's not to say that working and improving upon your mobility is easy, um, but it's probably a little bit easier and can be done at home without much equipment at all uh, versus some of these other things that we'll go over. So when it comes to the four main areas that you need to have mobility in, that includes your hips, your mid-back, your shoulder, and your neck. 
I would say the two biggest have to be the hips and the mid back, then would be your shoulder, and then lastly would be your neck. Um, but all of them are are very important. So I would definitely work on improving hip mobility, especially hip internal rotation. That is when you are turning your hip inward towards your body. So if you think about it, if you are a right-handed golfer and you go into your backswing, your trail side is going into hip internal rotation. It's staying still, right? But you're rotating over that hip and the hip is going in towards your body. You also go into hip internal rotation on your lead leg when you're posting and following through on your golf swing. So both of those are really important. Most notably, hip internal rotation tends to be more limited in a majority of people versus hip external rotation. And hip internal rotation is a little bit more needed when it comes to the golf swing. And there are some studies that have related limited hip internal rotation to low back pain. Um, Some of those studies are not the greatest, but if you need to have mobility in your hips and you're lacking mobility there, you're going to make up for it somewhere else. And that, again, is usually occurs in the low back. And the low back is not meant to rotate all that well. So working on hip internal rotation is a great way to do that uh, and something that you should get focused on. And if you're not sure, you can always reach out to me. Feel free to send me a message or reach out to your trusted healthcare provider or someone on your golf team that can help assess that motion for you. Uh, For the mid-back, Again, you're rotating, right? Golf is a whole rotational sport. Obviously, it's pretty clear that you need to rotate through your mid-back during your downswing as well as your backswing, of course. So having enough mobility there, and again, typically this seems to be limited in a majority of people, especially as we get older. Um, It's not very uncommon to find that this is limited. Um, So working on mid-back mobility Uh, can be really helpful to help you get a bigger turn in your backswing as well as your follow-through. Also, again, if you're limited in your mid-back mobility, this could potentially contribute to any low back pain that you may be feeling um, in the golf swing, either during or after golf. So making sure that you have enough mobility in your mid-back and your hips is going to be key when it comes to the golf swing. Now, when it comes to the shoulder, you need to really focus on external rotation. That is where it looks like you're going to bring your arm back to throw a ball, essentially. This is important on both sides, but I'm more concerned with your trail side than I am with your lead side. And that is because you need to have enough external rotation to get that club to come down on that inside swing path to avoid coming over the top or just not on the ideal swing path. So being able to have enough shoulder external rotation will definitely allow you to come on that inside out swing path if that's what is working for you or if that's what you're trying to get towards. And then lastly, neck mobility. Uh, It may seem silly because we're not turning our heads, but when we turn our mid back and turning through our shoulders, our neck actually ends up at about our collarbone, right? So And that's almost like turning your head completely to one side, just as if you're going to look side to side when you're driving a car. So if you're lacking some mobility in your neck, that may also limit your ability to turn throughout your golf swing. So again, with all these things, I would definitely make sure that you reach out to your trusted healthcare provider, someone who can look at these things, see where you're limited, 
and then from there be able to give you some drills and exercises that can address any of those limitations. If you're not sure of anyone that's close to you that can relate these limitations to the golf swing, as always, feel free to reach out to me for some direct help. I can always help you with that, or I can always point to someone in your area that may be closer if you wanted to go in person and work with them. I have a good amount of contacts throughout the country, and if I don't, I will definitely reach out and try to find someone for you. So after mobility, the next biggest thing has to be working on strength. When it comes to strength, there's a lot of different variables. However, you need to be strong enough in certain muscle groups. Uh, This is mainly the lower body and upper body. And I would mainly look at your, uh, pretty much your thigh muscles for the most part. So your hamstrings and your quads, as well as your glutes. And then when it comes to the upper body, mainly your lats and your chest Um, will be really important when it comes to swing speed. Two uh, big strength measures, if you're familiar with, say, the NFL Combine, two big strength measures um, have to do with club head speed, have a moderately strong correlation with club head speed, include a one rep max bench press and uh, a front squat, a one rep max front squat. Now, they're not doing one rep max testing in the NFL Combine, but when we look at those things where they do bench press competition I'm an end squat as well. Those are all related to other uh, categories, which can translate to the anything they're looking at, obviously in the NFL, but can also translate to what we're looking at in terms of club head speed. So when it comes to front squat, that has a good correlation to what you can generate in terms of a vertical jump and vertical force production, which is highly correlated with increased club head speed. So working on being able to squat is huge for the golf swing. And then bench press is, doesn't seem like it would, the chest would be very active, but you're going to use your pectoral muscles or your chest muscles highly when you're trying to generate a lot of club head speed as you're pulling that club head across your body. And then you're going to want to generate all that force that you started with the legs and your lower body to the club head. And that happens through the trunk and the arms. And part of that has to do with your chest musculature. Now, if you're not on a typical strength training routine yet at all, one, I would definitely reach out to myself or again, someone that you trust that has a background in golf to really assess you and write up a plan that's custom for you because you can always buy a plan that's online somewhere, but that's going to be cookie cutter and not necessarily directly to what you need. So someone will assess you, figure out exactly what you need and give you the the direct plan. Now, when it comes to building strength, there are a lot of ways to go about it and it all just really depends. But when we're really talking about strength, we're talking about doing sets and reps between uh, three to five sets and probably anywhere between three to six to eight reps at a time. Again, there's a lot of variability and a lot of things that can change depending on the client. But I would generally say speaking, that's kind of what you want to aim for. And when you're doing strength, you need to have a high intensity, so a pretty heavy weight. And I would say anywhere between 75 to 90% of your one rep max. And that's where, again, Working with a qualified professional can really help dial that down for you to figure out where you should be in terms of lifting weights. 
And again, there's lots of room for variability when it comes to strength training and every situation is going to be a little bit different. So take my numbers and sets and reps and all of those percentages with a grain of salt. And it is all going to depend on kind of what works best for you. So after strength, the last, not the last category, but the last category in terms of gym specific things is going to be power work. So power for a lack of a better term and just an easy explanation is how fast you can move weight quickly. The stronger that you are, the more powerful you can be. However, that's not always true. There's lots, again, lots of other factors that contribute into how much power you can develop. But if you can get stronger and produce a lot of force when lifting a lot of weight, that will easily help you to develop a lot of power. Now, this is where speed is really start to going to gonna come in and be a factor because now we're trying to move weight as fast as we possibly can, right? And when it comes to this, in the gym, it gets a little tricky because there's an inverse relationship, meaning that when you want to increase your speed of lifting something, typically the weight has to come down. So if you ever try to move something that's really heavy, you're probably doing it really slow. And that is usually what we consider strength. But when it comes to power, you have to move something quickly. And for that to happen, you have to reduce the weight. Now, there are, again, there are lots of ways to do this in the gym. And I, again, will recommend reaching out to someone who is a qualified professional to help you with this. But the biggest thing is that you want to, move quickly and move with a lot of intent. And with these, you're going to do fewer sets and reps overall. So again, for this, I would say usually anywhere between three to five sets, and you're probably only going to be doing three to six reps at a time, but you're going to be performing every single rep as fast as you possibly can. And with maximum intention every single time, that is how power is developed because you're taxing your nervous system and really working those fast switch fibers. And then you want to rest in between sets, usually 90 to 120 to even a little bit longer, even up to three to four minutes in between sets to really let your nervous system kind of recollect itself and get ready for the next round of exercise. In that rest time, you're going to feel like you do not need to rest that long. You may be winded for the first 30 seconds of your rest time and you're ready to go back into it, but your nervous system is not ready. You need to continue to let it rest. And that is one of the big key components because you need to perform every single rep when you're doing speed and power work with maximum intention and maximum force and explosiveness. And if you can't do that every single time, you're just wasting energy on reps that really aren't going to help you. And so now the last category, which could be done in a gym setting, um, but this is the sexiest category that's out there right now because a lot of pro players are doing this and it's you can see very quick changes in your swing speed just by doing this. Um, and this is overspeed training. And there are lots of popular uh, overspeed trainers out there. The most popular one I'm sure that you're aware of is super speed and basically they have three different weighted sticks or clubs and you go through their protocol. And basically what this does is this kind of taps your nervous system a little bit and tricks it almost to thinking that it can swing faster or that there is an ability for you to swing faster. 
you just can't access it. Basically, think of your body having a governor on it like a car would have or a golf cart, basically, that doesn't allow you to go over a certain speed. And so what happens is working with these clubs and in the protocol that they have basically tricks your mind and nervous system to swinging faster and changes the governor and moves it up a little bit more. So then when you get to the normal club weight, you can swing faster. That's a very quick and dirty and easy explanation um, for how that works. And it's a great tool, especially if you have enough uh, mobility and strength available to you. In fact, that's probably exactly what you need. If you're not fast enough, but you have the mobi- if you have the mobility and you have the strength, you probably need to do overspeed training. That's where you're going to get the most bang for your buck. But I will say a majority of people would benefit mainly from working from mobility and strength because they do not have the baseline levels there to be doing overspeed training. So if you not if you do not have the baseline levels of strength and mobility, you can do overspeed training. In fact, I still recommend you do some swing speed stuff in your training routine. However, that shouldn't be the main thing that you're focusing on. You should be really focusing on improving your mobility and improving your strength. Because that is one where you're going to get the most gains because both of those things will contribute to your swing speed. And two, if you continue to do overspeed training while you lack the strength and the mobility, you may end up resulting in creating a self-inflicted injury, which means more time away from being able to train for golf and not even being able to play, right? Which is obviously the last thing that you want to have happen. So Overspeed training has its place and is definitely necessary for a lot of people. However, I think for most people, they would benefit primarily from working on mobility of those four rotational areas that we talked about, the neck, the shoulders, mid-back, and the hips, and working on just getting stronger. And when you work on those things, you should be able to see your club head speed go up. Again, you should still work on swinging fast generally, but I wouldn't necessarily spend any money on overspeed trainers or anything like that. You can just do some swing speed training just with your driver. You don't even need to hit a ball. You can hit a ball because that kind of changes uh, with the swing speed, but just work on just swinging fast. Don't worry about where the ball goes or anything. Just swing fast. And all you have to do is 10 to 20 reps a few times a week. And that should really be helpful on improving your swing speed uh, in the meantime. And then once you do have that prerequisite mobility and strength, you can go to those overspeed trainers and really go through those protocols and really work on getting faster. But if you do not have the mobility and the strength, I do not want you to hurt yourself. So that is basically the continuum of speed. Again, you want to make sure that you have the technical efficiency in your swing. You want to make sure that you have the correct equipment as well. And then, like we just talked about, you want to make sure that you can work on the mobility and the strength and the power in the gym. And then as well, there's overspeed training. All of those things will contribute to your overall club head speed. And so hopefully that was helpful for you to kind of lay that out and see where you might land and where you really need to work on. Again, if you're not sure on where you exactly need to work on, feel free to reach out to me. My email is in the show notes. As always, you can send me a message and I will gladly get back to you and help you figure out where you are currently at. The other thing I would suggest is you can always reach out to someone on your golf team or someone in your local area to really find and really figure out 
what and what you really need to focus on. Um, that is it for today's show. Another short one. Again, I apologize that this is just me, but we should have some guests coming up in the very short future. Um, as always, I'm super appreciative of you guys downloading and listening. Again, I hope this was really helpful to illuminate kind of what you should really be working on when it comes to increasing your club head speed so you can hit the ball further, uh, especially this off season where you have a lot of time to work on these things versus in season where you're spending more time on the range and actually out on the course. This is the best time to take advantage and really work on your body so that you're more prepared for next season. If you guys haven't done so yet, you can always join the Healthy Golf Facebook group. The link to join is in the show notes. Uh, it's completely free. There are tons of medical professionals and fitness professionals in there, as well as uh, golf pros and swing coaches. So if you have a question, that is a great place to post it, and someone will definitely get back to you and answer it. And if you're looking to really get into the off-season and start working out, I put together nine free workouts that will be beneficial for your golf performance. You can just pick those up. Again, the link to grab those is in the show notes. Um, go ahead, give those a try. I'd love some feedback and, and how those are going and if they're helping you uh, play a little bit better or just feel a little bit better. And then last but not least, as always, it really helps if you guys subscribe to the show, share it, and write a review. I know that takes a little bit of time, but it should hopefully take no more than less than five minutes to do anything or any of that. And it's really helpful for more people to find the show. Um, that way we can help more people just play better golf and live a healthier life on and off the golf course. And that's really all that we're trying to do here on this show. Um, but thank you so much for listening again. As always, I appreciate it. Keep working hard. Keep striving for excellence in everything that you do, because when you feel great, you golf great. <laughs>